Welcome on back, friends. NFL Draft Week is upon us, live from the shores of Lake Erie in Cleveland, Ohio. 50-plus thousand people will be in attendance to watch the NFL Draft in Cleveland. Welcome on back, and episode 32 is underway. I'm around the wire. Pleased to have you all back to listen to us alongside my partners, as always, Justin and Chad. How are you two fellows doing on a, a nice Monday night Uh Getting ready for a big guest to join us here in roughly about 25-ish minutes. But how's everybody doing tonight? Doing good, man. Got some good news today. So I'm, I'm in a good mood and I'm I'm ready to join those 50,000 along with you two at the draft experience this weekend. <laughs> I tell you what, man. You know what? Hey, hey. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. We're going to the NFL draft experience on Friday at four o'clock. We will be heading out to first energy stadium, kicking field goals, taking pictures with Lombardi's. Uh, maybe you'll get to see a video of me failing and trying to kick a field goal. Cause I suck at kicking field goals. Um, but we're looking forward to getting down there to Cleveland and, and enjoying the draft experience alongside all of our friends down there. Chad. Wait, hold on one second. Was that your oh. good news? No, it was something else. Something you want to something want to share or no? Yeah, I might as, I might as well. I got on? the job that I applied for last. Uh, well, all right. Uh, congratulations. Uh, Thank you. That is job well done. Uh, no pun intended. Uh, but uh, congratulations. That's uh, that's wonderful. Appreciate it, Chad. I love the new haircut. You look fresh tonight. How are you doing? I'm like I said. I'm tired, but I'm doing well. It's beautiful weather out. I was out playing basketball for like three hours. So. That's why I'm tired. I was playing uh, street ball yesterday, actually. Uh, How'd you do? I I didn't uh, shoot much. I was more of the guy just, you know, I'll defend the rim and get some rebounds, you know, which is okay, you know. Uh, but I woke up this morning. I was pretty sore. It's been a while since I played full court street ball. I was pretty sore. So, yeah, uh, didn't go to the gym today. Going to go tomorrow. I didn't go either. So, I mean, I'm slacking. But, hey, no, the, the draft experience, I want to bring my camera so bad. And do a do vlog. It. And do a vlog. Vlogging. Though I don't know if they'll let me bring it in or not. You can bring a camera. You're just not allowed to have a selfie stick. Is that true? That is true. I looked at the the stuff. You're not allowed to bring. So I can bring like a my camera. I I would think so. Let me let me pull that up. This is yeah. Something. If so, everyone can tune into my uh, YouTube channel, and I would definitely get a clip of Steve kicking a four yard field goal. <laughs> oh yeah. It would definitely I will do be my in best. there. It, it, if I make it, it's going to be Greg Joseph-esque from 2018. Um, but yeah, if they, let, if they let me in with it, I'll definitely have that up. Hey, worst case scenario, we'll go Twitter live or something. <laughs> um, uh, and, and Chad, I understand the grind and the fatigue. Uh, it's finals week for me. Uh, I took a final today. I got two tomorrow. And meanwhile, I'm also packing up my stuff to go. And so uh, I, I understand I'm a little you know, tired as well, but uh I'm really excited for tonight's episode. We're being joined later on by a big time guest. Um, should we tell the audience now who is joining us or should we wait, make it a surprise? Might as well tell them now. Right. <laughs> you already brought well, it up. So. Well, back a while ago, we were joined one time by Chris McNeil, uh, who is a co-host of the Big Play Reflog show, uh, a hit uh, Cleveland sports talk show here 
And uh, tonight we're going to be joined by another one of his partners, uh, Big Play Dave, will be joining us. Looking forward to sitting down, talking some NFL draft with him. Uh, not just the Browns, but also, you know, what we think about the top 10 picks and, and all their all kinds of things, Indians and Browns and Cavs related. I'm looking forward to sitting down and talking with them. But uh, We're going to talk about Jordan Luplo, who hit a walk-off home run. I just, I just saw that, yeah. Uh, hey, I mean, they can do it. Awesome. But that's pretty uncommon. But, hey, it happened, so good job. Um. But we need to start off our episode right. We need to get a little poll question going here. And, of course, it's NFL Draft Week. I'm, I am I hope you guys are just as excited as I am. Um, number one, for the fact that we're not picking a quarterback this year. That's good. Uh, and then number maybe. two, uh, hey, maybe that's seventh round, Kellen Mond. You never know. Uh, but uh, a poll question for the day today is, is – We've heard a lot, I've heard at least, a lot of rumors about possible names being traded. Uh, some rumors going around. Julio Jones's name has been thrown around. I've heard Stephon Gilmore rumors as well. So if there was going to be a big trade on Thursday night, which player do you believe will be involved in a trade package in the first round of the NFL draft? Well, to answer that, you got to think of what's a team that really wants to trade up and get somebody. And that's why I think the Patriots make the most sense because there's all, there's been all this talk about them trading up to get fields. Um, So I guess, and Gilmore being that he's, I think he's 31 or 32, still very good, but uh, a salary burden and they rebuilt a lot of that team. Now they need a quarterback. Um, I think Stefan Gilmore is probably the most likely. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you, yeah. yeah, I agree. If if the Patriots want to move up to that four, for example, for say uh, for Justin Fields at four to Atlanta and trade for Atlanta's pick, I think Gilmore would probably be the biggest name to be moved. A big a name I would like to be have moved would be Julio Jones, but that's a different conversation. Yeah, that's that's uh, recently within the past twenty four hours we've heard rumors uh, Julio Jones, and, and I tell you what. Julio Jones is – Chad, you think he's the best receiver in the, re, the league, correct? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, physically, he might is the most gifted receiver, at, you know, physically. Um, you know, production sometimes it's been tough because he's not really a, a touchdown guy. He's just more of a big freak possession receiver. Um, he's Jarvis Landry on steroids. Um, not saying Jarvis is bad, but, you know. Um, yeah, so I, you know, Julio Jones, whatever, if he would get traded, I mean, a team's automatically getting better, you know, I mean, can you imagine him playing with the Green Bay Packers? He and Devontae Adams with Aaron Rodgers slinging that ball around? Jeez, oh man. See him go to Indianapolis, giving Carson Wentz a big-time target to throw to. Baltimore, they need a, a wide receiver for Lamar Jackson. Can you imagine Lamar and Julio on the same offense with J.K. Dobbins in second year? Jesus. That'd be, oof. Don't even get me started if that would be uh, reality. Um, heck, even Joe Burrow could use a target out there, bring him down to the Queen City, play down with the Bengals. But uh, they need an offensive line first. So, but yeah, uh, if I had to pick somebody, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of hard. I'll go with you guys as well. I'll go with the Gilmore bandwagon. I think just because the age, you know, we saw J.C. Jackson step up, have a really nice season for New England. So they – 
gives them a little more comfort of saying, okay, maybe we can, you know, use him as an asset and acquire more picks, maybe get up and get Justin Fields. So um, we'll just have to see what happens. But looking forward to Thursday could be a fireworks show on Thursday night with all the moves, especially in that top 15. Could see a lot of trade-ups, a lot of moving around. So looking forward to it. Uh, so let's get into some things here before our guest joins us. Um, I just saw Chad, the Cavs lost to the Raptors. Um, and by the way, I, what the hell is wrong with Kevin Love? I, Justin sent us that clip a few minutes ago. Uh, is he hurt again? Does he not care? Is he bad? Yes. Yeah, overpaid. Um, but real piss poor effort there on that clip, at least. Um, that's, that's not what... Uh, not something I like to see. I mean, the Cavs are already bad enough, but I mean, that that's just frustrating to watch. But hmm. there is hope. Not with Kevin Love. There's not. Not with Kevin Love, but with the there is Garland. Yeah, let's talk about that hope a little bit because I've seen, I would say at least um, some stats that give me hope uh, as a fan. As far as we've seen. Sexton do this before where he has these great stretches of games. And for the most part this season, he's been very good. Um, but now we're starting to see that with Garland's like over his last, I think 10 or 11, around 23, 24 points and seven assists. So we're really looking at a backcourt that's developing. And if they can do that consistently combined for around 50 points a game and, and shoot the ball very well, I saw uh, Garland too. He was like the first or the youngest Cavs player to hit like a hundred threes or something like that. So um, real promise out of that backcourt, I would say now the rest of the team, that's another story, but um, there are things to move forward with. Yeah. You know um, yeah. Garland, I, did he pass? I think he, he's the quickest Cav to hit 200 career threes. Uh, I think he passed Mark price. If I'm saying that correctly, um, correct me if I'm wrong. Um yeah, so, you know, Garland, Sexton, obviously has become a little more consistent this year. I think we're starting to see that real good growth in his second year. This is his second year, right? Or is it his third year? can't even remember. Second, I believe. Um, and then Jared Allen, looking like he's going to be a young, promising center. Um, so there's the three. A coral. Yeah, I mean, he's still got a – yeah, he's still young. But, you know, I'm saying the big three of our team, I would – probably say Garland, Sexton, and Allen. Um, maybe Dean Wade. Love Dean Wade. He's the best D. Wade Cavs I've ever had. Um, shout out to Dwayne Wade in his 30 games as a Cleveland Cavalier. Um, that, God, that is such a forgotten era of basketball in Cleveland. As My it should God. be. I, I can't stress it enough. So much promise on the, on, in, on the roster sheet, but man. No, zero promise. Z- Just yeah, promise if, it was, promise if it was 10 years ago. Yeah. These guys were washed up. You know what the word I'm going to say, and I'm not going to say it, but they were As washed bands. up. Yeah. Well, I mean, we had, we had D. Rose, Dwayne Wade, Jake Crowder. D. Rose is the only guy I could classify as saying not washed up because after that, he's progressed to be a really good player. Isaiah either a starter or a bench player, but Isaiah Thomas has been on, on and off the league. Dwayne Wade retired like a year after that, and yeah, that's it. So, I mean, was at it least- Calderon? Yeah, at who's least, the best? Who is the best free throw shooter in honestly probably the NBA history? The guy over, is amazing. Over Rick Barry, Steph Curry, better than George Hill in the finals. That is true. That <laughs> Speaking is true. of, I'm glad you said Steph Curry because oh my lord! I, I tell you what, 
if you guys if if anyone is a fan of basketball you gotta watch Steph Curry and before it's too late before he yeah. before he's gone out of the league we're not gonna get another guy like this and I've been on my rants about Steph Curry before about how people don't like him because he plays for Golden State and blah 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 but it's honestly like people people shouldn't take this guy for granted because the things he does on the basketball court are unreal except for that one pass he had yesterday that was pretty bad but yeah. but he made up for it so um, but yeah Steph Curry. I, the the league's never had a player like him, at his position, at least. You know, the craftiness, the speed, and just the overall shooting ability. It, it's then, of course another guy that's like him, not the shooting ability wise, but everything else. He's got everything else. Is Luka Doncic. Um, luckily, the Mavericks. I mean, they've been a subpar team this year, but they've gotten some nationally televised games. And watching him play, if I mean, he's he's downright a like a facilitating point guard. Um, I know he plays point for the Mavericks, but he reminds me of like LeBron and even Magic Johnson. And watching him play and watching him, just his smarts of the game, like him. Of course, I watched John Morant the other night play against Portland and absolutely manhandled him by by them by himself. Um, I think the league's definitely in good hands, though you can't you can't overlook these guys lebron's coming back ad had a, had an, another great game i think tonight he dunked on somebody yeah cool. steph, steph curry again up there in age like these guys are the our generation type players are or i don't know even they're our generation but those type players are going to be gone sooner or later well maybe not lebron but everybody else might be so hey we're, we're starting to transition you know i mean there's some older guys lebron's starting to get old curry's older than people think um Durant's getting up there a little bit in age. Harden, my God, Harden. don't get me started on Kevin Westbrook. But Kevin? by the way, he, he's also having. Speaking of of great players right now, Russell Westbrook's playing out of his mind, looking like OKC Russell. Kevin Durant is the only man that I know that can take a two week vacation and come back on the floor and drop thirty points. And I think that solidifies the argument as him being the best gifted scorer in NBA history. Because the guy does it with ease, he came off the bench. I think posted twenty six minutes his first his first game back and dropped thirty points. Like the guy's unreal. Um, and to think him and Steph Curry on our team together, it just still amazes me. Well, hey, um, yeah, I, Kevin Durant. Never seen a guy seven feet tall move like a guard, shoot like a guard, even better than guards, and. Just fly, you know. If he would not have, if he would, if it's not for LeBron playing in the same era as him, I think we could say Kevin Durant would be in a go conversation. Well, we even had him. Some people had him last year or two years ago, when Kevin Durant went on that reign with Golden State and beating LeBron, um, saying he was the best player in the in the NBA, the best player in the world. And at times, Kevin Durant definitely shows. I think you'd be kind of oblivious to say. Kevin Durant at a time wasn't the best player in the NBA because he definitely was. You can even make an argument for for this year. I know Steph Curry's playing well, Nicole Jokic, but um, yeah. And I mean, unfortunately, those guys are getting hurt, and you don't get to see like there's not a large sample size compared to Nicole Jokic, who I don't think has missed a game, and that's why he'll he'll probably win MVP. But no, it's it's crazy times that we live in. This is probably the 
the most fun I've had watching basketball since 2016. Of course, the, the year that basketball really was good for me, at least watching. But um, so the Cavs were good. And the league was balanced. But I, I can't even make the argument that the league isn't balanced this year. The amount Pretty of teams, balanced. the amount, yeah, I was going to say, the amount of teams that are fighting for these playing spots or even low playoff seeds are insane. I mean, we get to watch the Knicks actually be good this year, which is always a sight to see. They won nine in a row. Uh, I think so. I, they won. I think they won eight when I don't know if they won. I don't know what the recent game was. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. You know, like every year there's going to be a handful of teams that are just bad. You know, whether they're rebuilding or they just they sold at the deadline. You know, they're just not very good. They're not competitive. But this year there is no super team. You know, the Lakers really are not a super team. I know they have LeBron and Anthony Davis, but they're not a super team. They got challenges out in the West. Clippers, Nuggets, Jazz, etc. The East, that's up for anybody. Whoever makes the playoffs has a, has a realistic chance of making uh, the finals because let's just be honest, if Brooklyn's not healthy, especially, you know, opens the door for Philadelphia, opens the door for Milwaukee, opens the door for Boston if they can start heating up a little more. Charlotte, never know. You know, Justin's Eric, big LaMelo Eric Collins. Got to put Eric Collins on the floor and then you'll win a championship. Hornets yeah. announcer, if you guys don't know who that is. Yeah, well, he, if they make the playoffs, they'll they'll make the plan. But I just want to hear him do. A I don't even care. I don't. I know, uh, Mike Breen. Like Mike Breen. No, no hate to Mike Breen. But if we can get Mike Breen and Eric Collins to do the NBA Finals this year, it will be one that's probably the best finals in history. Imagine him, Eric Collins, and Gus Johnson doing any sport. They could commentate bowling, and I would turn it on because I think it would just be so exhilarating to watch. Um. That should be a poll question moving forward. Who's the best announcer in all of sports? You know what? Let's do a double one because I didn't like our first poll question. It was too boring of one. How about how about this one? Who is the best sports commentator in all of sports? Any sport? Ooh. Now this is tough because there's many great ones that are specific to their one sport, <laughs> but I think versatility matters here, and that's why I'm going to take Jim Nance. Yes. Whether it's Super Bowls, playoff games, or you want him to do the Masters? March Madness. March Madness. Oh yeah, he 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 is going down with the likes of. Um, I mean, I don't even know where he ranks in the all-time list. There's so many great. He and Joe Buck, unfortunately, who by the way is going to be hosting Jeopardy this summer. That's two weeks of Jeopardy. Again. I ain't watching. <laughs> hey, uh-huh. I saw I saw your tweet about Aaron Rodgers should be the, yes. the full-time host, and I agree. I love Aaron Rodgers and Jeopardy. And you know, I, f- I feel like that's something he would want to do because he's such oh, as like a, a nerd, like cerebral. But person. you know who would make, you know who the, the optimal guest would be for, or the host for Jeopardy would be Eric Collins. But no, yeah. I'd say, I'd say my best announcer, if we're talking about versatility, you know, I love Mike Breen. And of course, I love Eric Collins, but those guys are strictly basketball. That's all I watch mostly. But I'd, I'd say Gus Johnson. Gus Johnson's done a fair share of basketball pros. He's done definitely March Madness, and he's done football. I mean, he hasn't done the Masters, but he's the kind of guy. <laughs> Imagine that. What, what do you do? Tiger with a six-footer. <laughs> no, Justin was saying Jim Nance could do the Masters. I'm like, well, Gus Johnson has not done the Masters, <laughs> though that would be great. I think ratings would go through the roof for golf. Oh yeah. Um, Tell you what. But 
Gus Johnson is that kind of guy that you can plug into most any sport and you you want to watch the game. So I, I'll say Gus is probably the best announcer for me. Well, and then with Gus, we hear him all the time during college football because Ohio State is Fox's team. You know, I mean, ESPN, that, or excuse me, CBS is Alabama's network because they just do the SEC pretty much. ESPN's Clemson's network and Fox is Ohio State's network. So we hear Gus all the time. He, by the way, Gus Johnson, Joel Klatt, hands down the best duo in college football commentating. I'll take them. I, and look, I love Kurt Herbstreet and uh, Chris Fowler. They do a really nice job, but I love Joel Klatt and Gus together. The um, best the best Gus call I've heard in recent times is the Denzel Ward hit. Got barbecue <laughs> back there? Against Maryland. You didn't invite me. <laughs> hurt my feelings. That is one of the best clips ever. I don't know what, how he comes up with that just off the top of his head after a hit. He had to have written that down somewhere and said, had you know to. what, if there's a big hit, that's what's to. coming up. How about yeah. you, Steve? Who's, who do you think your best announcer would be? Oh, man. I mean, yeah, I like the versatility aspect, but I don't want to repeat an answer, you know. So I'll, I'll go um, – that's tough. Because, you know, if I would say football, it would probably be Jim because I don't want to say Joe Buck. I, I am not going to say Joe Buck. I know he's been there forever, but no. Um, man. Chris Collinsworth? Uh, even though I do like Al Michaels, he does a nice job for Sunday Night Football. Ian Eagle? No. Romo? Tony. Yeah, but he's not really – well, he's a commentator. He's more of that color analyst. analyst. Yeah. I'll, I'll do my favorite analyst just to change it up because I feel like I'm going to repeat. My favorite analyst is – uh tony romo i uh, no no it's not no it's booger no I, I you know i'll go with joel Klatt. i like joel Klatt. i think he's he breaks down the film really well not just at the quarterback position he breaks down all kinds of film i can appreciate that i love i love him and gus so i'll go with joel Klatt because i've been annoyed with tony romo lately i don't know why i just feel like he's trying too hard now Here, wait we're talking about like color commentators basically is what you're saying yeah, I just changed mine up because you guys went with the main and not the Surprised other. Surprised you didn't take Cleveland's own Austin Carr or Doug Deacon. Uh, <laughs> Austin, I can't understand. Um, Doug's getting to that point too. I'm sorry. Yeah, but Doug, I like Doug. You know, he when he he's that nice contrast to Jim's high octane personality, and then Doug's just you know, oh, that was a great play, a great hit there. Yeah, uh, I, I think it's kind of funny once in a while. So um, I was on the fence of picking Dicky V. That's what I was going to say. What about Dickie Patel? Or <laughs> Bill Raftery. He, oh, he oh, shined good. in that March Madness. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Love him. Um, but, yeah. Um, oh, another underrated guy, because I think he has some really funny moments, is Matt Baskurgeon, sometimes in the baseball. Um, well, Kevin yeah, Harlan. has got a few that I can think of. Kevin Harlan had a funny one with that. Remember the cat? The whole cat incident? <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah. the the streaker that was on the field. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Kevin, I like Kevin too, but sometimes you. The hear, guy I is hear... drunk, but it doesn't matter. Sometimes I get annoyed with him because you you turn on two K and that's the only guy you hear. You know, I like Clark Kellogg too. Clark. Justin, uh, Her- Harold Reynolds, right? MLB mm-hmm. the show. Yeah, <laughs> I know you hate him. I can't play that. I turn it. I so an MLB the show, which arguably might be the best sports game out there. You get the option to, which this is great. This is absolutely great. You get the option to go in the settings and pick what commentator, like there's the commentators, and then you can turn on the volume 
of certain ones if you don't want to hear them. So whenever I play, I turn down Harold Reynolds because the guy doesn't he doesn't analyze the game. He just absolutely tears you apart, roasts you every time you like miss a miss a ball bad or anything. Looks oh, it looks like you're swinging a garden hose down there. Like at this point, like I'm just trying to play the game, but I like the memes now that are um surfacing about Xbox players playing MLB the Show. Um, there was one that said. There was a clip of a dude that did a pit that was throwing a pitch out, and the batter swung. It was like this is how Xbox players play MLB the Show. Um, speaking of video game commentators, uh, Madden really needs to update theirs. I like Charles Davis; he's fine, but who's the lead? Brandon Godden? I, I yeah. he needs to go. I, he's not even that popular anyway. He does big, smaller games on the Big Ten Network. And then he does some low-end college. Did he do basketball? basketball? Yeah. Yeah, it does a little bit of low-end college basketball. Well, something to elevate sports games would be the ability to choose your commentators. Oh, can you imagine Madden and you can pick between an ESPN, a CBS, a Fox, or an NBC broadcast? I think that would be. I think that would be insane. You can like mix and match the commentators from different ones or something. Like create your own team, create your own team of commentators. But make yourself a commentator. (laughs) That'd be funny. No, but if we're talking streams on that one, if we're talking about UFC or not UFC, I just gave my answer away. If we're talking about um, commentators in sports, the UFC commentators have to be number one. Joe Rogan's reaction to that (laughs) knockout on Saturday (laughs) that was great. But the UFC, by the way, Macy Austin, by the way, shout out Joe Rogan lover there. The UFC video games are insane. The the commentary, the best ones, Bruce Bruce Buffer in the beginning uh, when he does the in ring announcements. Let's get ready to rumble! And then I know you guys aren't too familiar with the FIFA games, but Martin Tyler is a staple as far as the commentary goes. Every year, and, with hey, the accent. guy just recently retired, but in hockey, guy from Bowling Green, I forget his name. Shoot, <laughs> what is his name? I'm looking it up. Is it? I don't know um, his name either, but I know two words he says all the time. What's he say? He scores. He scores. <laughs> But he's from Bowling Green. Shout out to Bowling NHL Green. NHL announcers in, in video games are good, too. Gary Thorne. That's his name. That is his name. Gary Thorne. Shout out to Gary. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, if you watch hockey. You know, or those boys out in NASCAR. Boogity, boogity, boogity. Well, now it's, it's Jeff Gordon and... Um, Clint Boyer? Does he do it? Clint Boyer, which those two are rivals on the track, but now they, they work well in the booth. Now, together. And who, was it, who was it before? Oh, sorry to interrupt you. Who was it before? Right. It was um, Michael Waltrip was there, and then he would race, and then yeah, last. Who's the guy that retired? What was his name? I know Rusty was in the booth for a little bit, Rusty Wallace. But I mean, I'll I'll come back to that later. But I watched the other day uh, Jimmy Johnson. He started a new career in racing with the IndyCar series, and uh, well, there was a race. Yeah, there was a race the other day. It was in St. Petersburg, and he did not do well. But I mean, he's just he's learning. It's a completely different style of racing. So, well, you know, he's used to driving in a circle pretty much, and now he's having to go you know, all around different car. Goes faster these cars, you know. It's different. You're right. Bubba Wallace was ever in the booth. Hmm. Dead silence. Yeah, said right. Bubba Wallace. What he should be him? in the. I said, was he ever in the booth? Young. He's like 25. Yeah. Doesn't mean anything. He's right. He should be on the track. Not all the he time. They don't 50. Oh. So old Which guys have way, to commentate. But by Pretty the much. way, 
racers they what causes them to retire earlier than golfers you sit down but hold on hold on a second i would say nascar is a more physically tolling sport than than golf is i will say in those cars it's about 150 degrees in there for like two or three hours you lose about five to ten pounds i watched joe rogan head on dale earnhardt a while ago it was a very good interview and well, also he had severe concussions for years dale earnhardt that, that is true okay that I guess with crashing sure. thinking about going 200 miles an hour and trying to steer steer a car okay that'd All be right. insane I mean, Especially like Mark Martin raced till he was like 60 or something. You're like, your reflexes are already slowed down. Stuff like that. That's true. That, you know, I, me personally, I, I can see that. Yeah. You know, what happened with Ryan Newman a couple of years ago, that big ask, excuse me, big accident he was a part of. Um, it'd be hard because he's older too. He's in his 40s, right? Ryan Newman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It'd be hard for me to get back into a car after that, after I've raced for as long as he has. So I was going to say the, possibility of an injury or a crash is unfortunately very likely in just one nascar race so if a guy gets in a crash like that i could see retirement being pretty early but it's i mean the only get, the only get, sorry go ahead hard to get severely hurt in golf i guess that's exactly what i was gonna say i was like the only threat of injury in golf would be like if you get hit like if you get hit with a golf ball <laughs> I, hey my dad or, did or throw out like a shoulder swinging or something, which could be well, possible. Tiger messed up his back a while. Yeah, ago. Tiger's back. Yeah, from picking up all the balls in the hole after after his hole in ones. That's true. After all those Masters wins, yeah. <laughs> okay, I I love even though it's a fake clip, but from that Presidents Cup or whatever when he he shook, I forget who he shook hands with, but um, he made like a ten foot putt down the hill. And it was like an edited video. So he goes to shake the guy's hand before the ball even goes in the hole. It's everyone, th- everyone thinks that's real. I thought it was real first. I thought it was real the first time I saw it. I'm like, everyone I went said, to go watch it. I'm like, yeah. how savage would that be? If it was everyone, said, this is yeah, the, exactly. everyone said this is the coldest play in sports history. Not even golf <laughs> history. Sports history. If yeah, it was I mean, real, I would have said, I would have agreed with that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's pretty good. All right. Thank you for playing. You know, like that's even playing. that's better than like shooting a three and walking oh, away. Yeah. Like just putting it in, and it before he hit it, the ball hit the club, and he walked away. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's Took his head good. off. All right, yeah. we're out of here. Yeah, we're good. Oh. God bless the USA. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, uh, hopefully our guests arrive soon. He's Monday nights they record their shows, and uh, they got started just a little bit later than they usually do, so he might be slightly still alive. Is he? Yeah. So yeah, well, we got plenty of time. So. Uh, let's see what whatever what can we talk about while we're waiting for them. Um, here's something we can bring up: uh, the San Francisco 49ers. Let's get back to NFL draft. San Francisco 49ers um, report is now they're down to. This is just a report, not factual. Factual, but um, it's between two guys for them. It's either Mac Jones or Trey Lance. Um, and we all thought in our mock drafts, uh, I believe I'm correct by saying this, if I remember right, we all had Mac Jones going to San Francisco. Um, but would you be surprised at all if Trey Lance would be the call on Thursday night by San Francisco? I would not be surprised because in my opinion, and I think I'll speak for myself, but I think you guys would agree. He's on paper and looking at his skills. I think he's the better prospect and I think he should be taken before Mac Jones. So I would not be surprised. Um, but they have said, I mean, they said it's down to between those two, but there's been, indications that it will be Mac Jones. So 
that'll be the only reason that'll be surprising is because they've said it was maybe going to be Mac Jones. So, yeah, that's what I think. How about you, Chad? I mean, I don't understand me personally the the lack of Justin Fields talk. You know, I mean, Justin Fields. I want and look. I, again, we're Ohio State fans here, so we're a little bit biased. But we watched Justin Fields for two years, and granted, he's had his moments where he doesn't look great. I can point them out to you, but. 95% of the tape that I watch of Justin Fields is NFL ready. You know what I mean? So I don't understand where this lack of Justin Fields enthusiasm is, but uh, what are your thoughts, Jeff? That's exactly what I was going to say. Mac Jones would be the non-surprising pick. I'd be, I'd kind of be surprised if they didn't take Mac Jones, but the biggest surprise for me would be if they take Trey Lance over Justin Fields. Because I personally think Justin Fields is the best fit for the 49ers, better than Mac Jones, too, um, for all the right reasons. I think Kyle Shanahan um, has been dying for a versatile-type quarterback like Justin Fields. I mean, the last time they've had that was Colin Kaepernick in 2016. And Kaepernick, I was going to say, let him do a Super Bowl. I know they didn't win it, though. Um I think he's he's dying for that type of quarterback, and I don't see. I could see it in Trey Lance. I don't see it that in Mac Jones though. I see it best with Justin Fields. I mean, Justin Fields has the arm, has the mobility, and there's there are a few weaknesses, like we said. Though, I think overall Justin Fields is the best prospect for the for the Forty Niners. But I don't know. You know, I think we all could agree when we made our mock drafts, we all had Mac at three. But we had Mac at three because that's what we think is going to happen. That's not necessarily what we think should happen. Um, it, you know, Mac Jones, granted, he's been more accurate statistically than guys like A.J. McCarron um, and some other guys that have come out of Alabama. But, um, you know, I just – Mac Jones – nowadays, the quarterback position, you, unless you're an exception like Tom Brady, you need to be mobile enough. Like even Aaron Rodgers, he's not, you know, Lamar Jackson running around, but he's mobile enough. He can move out of the pocket, even at his age, and make plays outside the pocket. I, do you Are you really 100% confident going in that Mac Jones can move around, even like Aaron Rodgers? You know, I, I just... I think he's got the elusiveness and the somewhat mobility to avoid tackles in the pocket and be, being able to escape the pocket I don't see him as a huge threat like Trey Lance and Justin Fields and that's that's the point that you're getting to you need to have that capability that dual capability of being a threat to run and being able a threat to throw I mean look at Lamar Jackson I understand he gets hate though Lamar Jackson MVP um a guy that lacks the throwing ability though he is getting better but teams are god they're scared out of their mind when they play him because you have to run a QB spy on him every game Every time. Or he's going to take off and have 15 carries for 200 yards. If you put an arm on Lamar Jackson, which he will get before he retires, don't get me wrong, he will be a deadly quarterback. I mean, even look at a guy that is developed enough and has shown he can do it in Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes has one of the best arms in the NFL, and he has the mobility to escape the pocket, though I do think Mac Jones can escape the pocket, but Patrick Mahomes is a bigger threat to escape and break the line of scrimmage and use his legs to get yardage. And I don't, and that's what you're getting to. I don't think Mac Jones has that. They must know something else that we don't, though. Well, and, and to that point about Mac Jones, and I think he could end up being the same type of case as Big Ben, where he's just – he's not very fast or anything, but he's big enough 
where he's like a tree trunk and it's hard to bring him down. Like big Ben, you need multiple guys um, to tackle him and bring him down. So he's not a threat running down the field, but he's a threat to stay up and move around outside the pocket and make plays. Yeah, but I, I, Mac is smaller than Ben. Big Ben, what made him so tough is that he, he's so, he's built almost like a tight end and he plays quarterback. Mac Jones is not built like a tight end. He's just built like a quarterback. And I think and he's not quick enough to move around. Um, and like, here's my thing. I don't think Mac Jones is going to be bad. He, he's shown he can play the quarterback position fine. But if you're San Francisco right now, you're looking to move on based on what we're all thinking. They're going to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo, whether it's this year or next year, right? You don't replace – if you want to get better, I don't think you replace Jimmy Garoppolo with Jimmy Garoppolo. You know what I'm saying? Because I look at Mac Jones and Jimmy Garoppolo, and they're almost the same player. And I get it. They've been, they went to a Super Bowl. That's great. You know, they got carried by their defense for the most part in the run game, which, by the way, defense are running the football. That's how you win games. But, um, you know, if you really want to elevate that offense even more, you need somebody who can make plays on their own. Justin Fields can do that. We've seen it multiple times. Trey Lance, I haven't seen enough of him, but I'm just going to assume he can. You know, uh, I think for if, if let's say Trey Lance goes three um, and a team maybe moves up and takes Justin Fields earlier than eight, then I could see or nine, excuse me. Um, I could see Denver taking Mac and saying, let's take Mac. Let's get back to relevancy. Give this a few years. If he comes really good, we've nailed it. But let's have a safety pin at quarterback, build around him, maybe improve that defense some more be competitive in the AFC West. And then maybe down the line, you say, let's go after a big time quarterback, you know, um, I'm hoping make, that make Mac pa- like an Andy Dalton 2.0. almost. I'm hoping that the Patriots, like I, 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 I'm going to, I'd kill first. Justin Fields to be on the Patriots at four. My mock. at four or at seven, uh, trading either with the, the Falcons or the lions. Um, Cause I think Justin Fields would fit in that system. Perfect. Of course, with Bill Belichick, but playing under Cam Newton, um, and two, I see. I, I would say the only logic I could see with this Mac Jones to San Francisco at three would be the potential they see in him, like Jimmy Garoppolo. See, you say, you know, you see him as a Jimmy Garoppolo type player, and they did make the Super Bowl. Uh, defense, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can say carried or not carried. Though San Francisco has been one of those teams that have been plagued by injuries every single season. Um, so I think the only logic they could see out of it is if. If Mac Jones can be a Jimmy Garoppolo or better, and they can rely on their team being healthy, then they're back in Super Bowl contention. Right. Um, and I think, I mean, that's not a bad logic to take. Though, once again, like why we're having the discussion, I think there are better prospects. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be interesting. You know, right now we all think Mac at three and then – probably Trey Lance at nine to Denver. Cause I, I think Drew Locke's just not very good. I just be personally, I just don't think I, he's... I think Trey Lance would be a perfect fit for, for Denver. Um, really any quarterback and any of the top probably five quarterbacks or four or whatever would be a good fit for Denver. Cause Denver needs, is in desperate need of a quarterback, but I think Trey Lance would bring a different atmosphere and a different type of style of play that Denver hasn't seen in she, I don't even know how how long how long has has it been since they've had a mobile quarterback. Denver, a mobile 
a very yeah. long time. They've had very good quarterbacks, obviously, with Elway oh, and Manning. But... Yeah, of course. I'm saying Payne Manning was far, far from mobile, and that's why I'm saying Trey Lance would bring a different type of, you know, playing style with Denver. Yeah, I mean, uh, Elway was mobile enough, but he wasn't, you know, running around the pocket. There's that famous play where he dove across the end zone and did, like, the helicopter in there. Josh McCall. <laughs> kind of, but he scored. Elway did. Yeah. That's been a long time. Yeah, Kendall, hey. Kendall Hinton. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say Kendall. I mean, hey. Paxton Lynch was kind of mobile. He just was terrible. Paxton Lynch, Paxton Lynch stinks. They had Tim Tebow. They that did is true. He beat the Steelers in the playoffs. So Tebow was actually kind of mobile. College, he was. He, but you get you so. get my point. Trey Lance would bring a different type of right. No, I think Trey game. Lance. The only thing that it could be hated on Trey Lance, and we talked about it, was just the lack of experience. He's young. He hasn't played much. There's not much tape on him. So you're really buying into the physical attributes that he can show through workouts, pro days, tape that is available, you know. But now, who's at eight? Do you know? Who's Carolina picking? Panthers. Yeah. Oh heck, heck! If they get lucky, yeah, and the Patriots right. don't move up, Denver could snag Justin Fields at nine. Because we we look at those teams after since or even at, yeah at, or Cincinnati down, and those are teams that have their quarterback play pretty solidified. I would think. So in a perfect world, Denver would take Justin Fields. Um, I think that's kind of what they're praying for. But they do have a back. I think they're in a pretty good position because they do have or, a backup plan. Hey, maybe they move up. You know, we're always we're stuck right now in the New England Patriots being the team that moves up. There could definitely be teams like you know, if Denver is really sold on, let's say Justin Fields, for example, if they want to trade up, move from nine to four, and give Atlanta, you know, multiple picks and number nine, and Atlanta could stay in the top ten because they're not looking for a quarterback. I well, maybe they are. I don't know. Atlanta's interesting. They they, can, they dictate the move. They really do. They do well, and they don't. They well, they dictate the move. Like I said in my mock before, they dictate the move extreme, extremely for Cincinnati, depending on who they take. I know you guys both have Justin Fields going four to Atlanta or respectively to to New England. Um, though for me, I think one. I don't. I, I might. It might be a shock, and I don't know if it's really. It would be a shock to my mock, but I don't think I'd be surprised personally if they take Fields at four or a quarterback at four. Um, but I don't see a way where they do. The thing about Atlanta is, I, I get it. Matt Ryan's getting old, and he might become what Philip Rivers did last year and move on to a team, maybe play a season or two, and then say, you know what, hey, that's my. I'm done with my career. Um. But, I mean, if you look at New England, Cam Newton is a question mark. They gave him another year, but he's still a question mark. You know, and last year he just didn't show much, right? And they can blame it on injuries. They can blame it on lack of talent, this, that, all around, COVID, whatever. But he just didn't show that much. So, at least with Matt Ryan, you have at least a safety hold. Matt Ryan's not a washed-up quarterback. I think he's in the top 16 in the league still, right around 16, right about the middle of the pack now. Um, so, you know, I mean, Atlanta, if you can get a big weapon, I, they might, like we talked about earlier, Julio Jones might be on the move. Now I so, did have a question about that. Yeah. If what, what way, in what way would, would they trade for another pick trade Julio away for another pick in the first round? So I listened to, by the way, shout out Pat McAfee broke it down today. Um, the, the Atlanta, they're in cap hell 
right now. Mm-hmm. They, they are so tied because Julio is getting paid so much money. They have so much tied down on Matt Ryan because they gave a big contract after that Super Bowl um, and just other players. Um, there's a June 1st deadline for a cap situation. If they would trade Julio before June 1st, they would have to pay him $23.2 million off their dead cap. If they move him after June 1st, they're only about seven. It's it's the same amount of money, but it's spread out across three years. So next year it'd be seven and a half, then I think seven and then maybe 15 or something. So it'd be better financially because the cap's going to go up next year because after COVID's done, you know, the cap will go back up again because they'll get more revenue. Um, so if they would trade them beforehand though, which I'd be surprised, but if they, let's say they trade them during the draft, they will not be able to use draft picks from this draft. So they're going to teams that trade will have to use future picks to get Julio, you know? So if new England would trade with Atlanta and get Julio Jones, holy shit, by the way, um, they would have to send them, you know, 2022, 2023 picks and whatnot. Um, so I'd see, I'd say the only way Julio gets moved on draft night is if, if Atlanta's really looking to rebuild. Yeah. That or a team blows them out of the, the water with an offer. Which, you know, if you're a team like, um, that's why when I see teams like Green Bay and Indianapolis, if you can get your hands on Julio Jones and put him on your team, you automatically become a Super Bowl contender. And draft picks nowadays, you know, especially if you're a late first round team now, I'm willing to give up four or five and say, I'll get my hands on a guy that's proven to be a top three player in his position. Whereas at 25, if I'm sitting there, you know, I may get lucky and grab a a nice player, but I could also just grab somebody who's just, just a normal depth player. You know what I'm saying? 100%. If you're looking at your team and you're saying we're, we're, borderline Super Bowl contenders. You know, it wouldn't make sense for a bottom half of the team to go out and get Julio Jones. I know that's not what you're saying, though. Yeah, if you're if you're a team that's borderline Super Bowl and you say, like the Colts or even Green Bay, and you add and you add Julio Jones into the mix, you're 100%. You're in that Super Bowl mix. But for a team like Cincinnati, I think it would be pretty questionable unless you're not giving up a lot. Um... And and teams like that where, you know, he's he he's high high reward, but I would say he's up there with high risk. Um, I know injuries have kind of played his his year. He is getting a bit older though. If you if you pair him with any quarterback that that isn't middle of the pack, like you put Matt Ryan at, I think no doubt he'll blossom. I tell you what though, I can you imagine him in Baltimore? If I can't. People, I can't, and I don't want like a to. Baltimore Raven. Because yeah, I think what, that's what they need. Because you know, Baltimore—they're not known for throwing the deep ball. They are a bunch of possession guys, and they run the football a unique way with Lamar. They can do that triple option bullshit. Um, but he—I mean—that would be just the way Julio plays would be ideal for Lamar. Now, does that make them better than Cleveland next year? I don't know if you have Cle- if Baltimore if you have Baltimore better than Cleveland right now. I mean that it's definitely. I mean, we can't even stop Lamar by himself. He has no one to throw to. He's no other than Mark Andrews. He has no one to throw to, and we still can't stop him. Can you imagine yeah. now Mark Andrews and Julio Jones on the field? You get He's, a guy like Julio, 
with their run game, you already have to commit so many guys into the box. Then you get Julio and then Marquise Brown, who's not, he hasn't been great for them, but he's still very fast. You get those two guys outside that can just take the top off of defense. So now Mark Andrews goes yeah. over the middle, which so, we've already proven we can't stop either. Yeah. There's just multiple dimensions to stop already. Plus, I mean, the defense lost some pieces. Pernell McPhee, um, who's the other guy that was Matt Judon. Matt Judon. They, they're gone, but um, I mean, that's still not a bad defense. They got, uh, what's that guy, Marlon Humphrey. They, yeah, they uh, still have a great Marcus secondary. Peters. They still have a great secondary. So, I mean, they got pieces still. I mean, that, that, they're still a good football team. I think um, that's what Cleveland lacks on the offensive side. They like a guy that can just beat you over the top. And I know Baker's not that kind of quarterback. Well, they they have a guy. It's just he can't stay on the field. They have at Odell time, Beckham. He at times, at at times he can beat people over the top. Most likely, he's not that kind. He's for the Browns. He's not that kind of receiver. I'd argue Peoples Jones did that multiple times, but Maybe I will say that part of that is Baker. I I mean, I looked uh, the other day. There's a stat: deep balls. Baker Mayfield is 50%, which was top of the league. So he needs to throw more deep balls like that. There's so many just go routes and must-have situations that he just put on a dot on the sideline. Right, so oh. maybe I was wrong with saying Baker's not that kind of quarterback, though I haven't seen, compared to other guys that have, you know, Patrick, I'm not comparing Baker to Patrick Mahomes, but Patrick Mahomes has Tyreek Hill who can beat anyone down the sideline. And I can argue Devonta Adams is that kind of guy that, that can take the top off, and you have a guy like Aaron Rodgers. So we don't have a solidified deep guy, but like you just mentioned, we I guess we do have a guy that can definitely get the ball there. Yeah. Yeah, and it's all credit also Stefanski's offense, the way that they're able to do. They can – you saw it all the time. They are able to run the ball, run the ball, move a defense one way. You know, if they run those off tackles and zone run schemes, and then they come back with the bootlegs – and you can free up Baker. He has all the time in the world. You have to commit to Nick or, or Kareem. You have to, you know, especially with our offensive line. You open up those one-on-ones on the outside. You know, we Correct. saw I, sometimes Higgins with the Eagle against the Eagles, Eagles Jones and the Bengals, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think our run game is our deep threat or, or be, beat a defense over the top in a way right. because of how dominant we are. I know we – and I'd love to have a receiver like a – a John Ross, or even when we had Brashad Perryman, which I know he didn't play that much, but he absolutely, absolutely, absolutely smoked the Ravens, his former team, when we had him. Um, but guys like that, or even Henry Ruggs, uh, just a speedster on the outside that we can go to when we need to. Though our run game is, I think, uh, a good factor of beating teams over the top. If you pound the ball and pound the ball, you're going to get teams overplay. And then that's when we have it when healthy. Odell, who's reliable, Jarvis, who's reliable, Rashard Higgins, who's definitely we know is reliable, and then our tight ends and Austin Hooper, when he can, of course, stay in the field, he's reliable. I mean, and I said him, you know, I don't know if I said this on air or not, but I told you guys what's one thing maybe offensively the Browns can do better. I said I think they need a wide receiver who is just a pure speed guy. Doesn't need to be, you know, big. Doesn't need to. It doesn't matter if he's slot guy, big guy. We already have a decent amount of average size receivers we need a guy who can just flat out run you know and uh maybe later on in the draft i don't believe we should take a receiver in the first round uh but maybe in the third fourth round if you can pick up a speedster maybe like a rondale Moore. even i'd be willing if he's still around in the second round okay hey throw him out there get those wheels out in that offense jesus um but 
we'll just have to see. You know, I mean, the Browns, they're they're fine. You know, they brought back all the pieces, their majority, major pieces offensively. And added. Um, and added, yes. Um, brought in, well, they, they got Njoku back. Um, Higgins is coming back. Who is a guy that I love and hate at the same time? Who? David Njoku. Njoku, Njoku okay. can be that, honestly could be that deep threat, as he's shown, that red zone kind of tight end. Though the man is arguably probably one of the most inconsistent tight ends I've ever seen in my life. He can go a game where he makes, he's got glue on his hands and catches everything to a point where he's got stone hands and he looks like Dwayne Bowe or hmm. Kenny Britt for the Browns. That bad. Right. I mean, if there were plays, I, I saw Dave's message. He's coming on. Hmm. Um, there's times Najoku goes out in the field and he'll make one-handed grabs all that kind of stuff. And uh, then there will be – there was I remember there was a play against the Eagles. There was a big third down, I think, because the Eagles were trying to creep back in a little bit, you know, because it just pissed me off sometimes. And wide open, third and five, they just ran whatever those little curl routes, you know, and just drops it. You know, you got to catch the football. Yeah. Well, the same thing happened – I think we were watching it together, the, um, the Raiders game that we lost. Same type of situation where – and that was a game where we really struggled to find any offense. We had a Landry, yeah, we had a Landry touchdown that was called back because he did not complete the catch. But this yep. was a huge third and five, uh, and we didn't get it. So, like those kind of balls, you see him make tremendous catches, like you guys said. But anything within the the numbers, it seemed like he didn't want to catch. So that was that was the thing about him. In my only defense of that, and I'm not going to defend drops because you got to catch football. If you're in the NFL, you should be able to catch a football that's right in your hands. Um, but it's true. You're going to pay millions of dollars. Catch a fucking uh, football. Oh, I agree with you. Damn football, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jeez, bro. Uh, Calm sorry. down. My bad. Sorry. Uh, Baker Mayfield sometimes with in five yards throws just 200 mile an hour footballs. You don't need to throw it that quick. Just drop it in there. Nice and soft. Just, you know, Brady style, you know, but anyway, that's a conversation for later because our just, our, our guest is joining us host of the big play reflog show. We had our buddy Chris McNeil on a few months ago, but now we're back. He's live in studio, and we're welcome to join with Big Play Dave. Dave, how you doing, sir? What's up, guys? Man, what a diva I am. 27 minutes late, my bad. No <laughs> worries. No worries. Uh, watch the show. I was on the show earlier. Uh, always enjoy it. Um Oh Looking yeah, well, I think we gave you a shout out on there, right? Yeah, absolutely. Hey, I I don't sometimes you know school catches up with me, but when I can watch, I watch. So I, it was uh, good show and happy NFL draft week. Uh, it's so exciting to have the draft back in Cleveland. Enjoying a is that a Labatt Blue there? Heck yeah, man! <laughs> hey, I love it. I love it, sir. Um, so big week this week, obviously for Cleveland uh, with the draft in town. We're actually heading out on Friday to the draft experience out at first energy. So we're going to oh, awesome. Who's kicking a field goal. Steve oh, I will. Steve I is going to for, sure, the, for the, how far best... can you kick it? Justin's the one that, that played soccer. So he can probably kick it the far. So I'm much different than kicking a football or than kicking a soccer ball, but I will, I yeah. will try. I've kicked, I've kicked extra points before. I think I could do it. I, I'm going I over under over under on Justin. I'm going to go 35, 35 yeah. yards. He could do it. I think that's a good number. Is that NFL <laughs> extra point now? I think so. What is it? I think it's 45. No, it's like 42 or something. Yeah, it extended. 
It, it's supposed to be windy on Friday too, so it might. Hey, uh, that wind's coming yeah. from all different directions. Yeah, it's who swirling. knows where that thing? Where, where's the Phil Dawson flag? Yeah. Exactly. Put on your Dawson jersey. You'll embody his spirit. Um, all right, Dave. So uh, draft week, obviously, and this is the first time maybe in my life where we're not really pressing for a quarterback in the draft, and we can wait until about eleven thirty at night uh, for our pick. Um, but at 26, we had our mock draft episode last week. In your personal mock, how are you feeling about what do you think the Browns should do at 26? Yeah, so we, we were just talking with Dane Brugler, who knows way more about this than all of us combined, probably. And he, he was talking possibly wide receiver. I don't love that. Um, we're in a weird spot. Like, do you just add depth or do you kind of go for a home run, develop a guy like maybe like a Jason Oway? Um, I, I, I tend to kind of think we should go that direction and I, I, we have to go defense. I don't want to take a wide receiver in the first, first round. We're, we're pretty set there. I think we're, we're in playoff mode on offense. Um, Obviously we need a linebacker. They don't seem to value those all that much. I wouldn't mind another edge rusher pop Jadavian Clowney, Miles Garrett, and one of these, you know, tack. He, I mean, I think he's going to have a good year as well. Um, I, so I kind of want to go edge rusher or if a cornerback falls, that would be kind of ideal because I don't trust our depth on the cornerback position. I know we made some acquisitions, but greedy Williams, I haven't seen him play. Right. So, right. Yeah, I, I got to go defense. I'm thinking cornerback or edge rush. Fair enough. Um, I made a comment on the show earlier. I, in my personal mock, I had them uh, taking Christian Barmore, D-tackle out of Alabama. I looked at it. I thought, you know, Sheldon Richardson gone. Ogan Joby's gone. We're relying on Malik Jackson, an older veteran, and then just some young guys. And Billings like who opted out last year. If you could plop in a big run stuffer up the middle, I think it, it it's – could only help we address some edge rushers in the offseason it's time maybe in the draft focus on stuff in the middle a little bit more but now, do you uh, guys think there's any chance we could get uh sheldon back for the right price right we've got the cap room for it for yeah. a one-year deal i'd much rather go that route and avoid the defensive tackle in this draft because it's not that great um if we could do that i would be ecstatic and then we just go best player available, defense, cornerback, edge rush, what have you. I think uh, it could happen. Yeah, yeah, it could, you know, and I think Sheldon, he liked it here. I think he made that kind of clear when he left. He was surprised and he was, you know, saying, you know, this is home now. I was surprised. Uh, but I just took it off the philosophy of, okay, Sheldon's gone. What do we do now? Didn't do it in free agency, so let's try and do something in the draft. But, you know, anything could happen. I wouldn't complain at all with corner, linebacker, what have you. I would not. I think the ideal situation would be bring Sheldon back, like you said, better than – or I, a guy I would take over a lot of these rookie D-tackles. And then Justin and I, I think, both had Zayvon Collins at 26. Yeah, that is, which that is my guy. Which I would love. Be sweet. Yeah. I would love that. Awesome. I don't think he's going to make it, but he, he might. You never know. He won two of those prestigious awards. I think the Chuck Bednarik and uh, something Bronco else. Nagurski. Yeah, I mean, come on now. It's rare enough to win one, and then you get two in the same year. I mean, that's just pure dominance. But I had him at 18 going to Miami because I think with the loss of Van Noy, I think that makes sense trying to fill in that role. Um, but, yeah, so it'll be interesting. But I hope I can stay awake 
to watch the rest of the first round once we get there. But we're not taking a quarterback, so it's it's so fun, just relaxing, have a beer. Who cares who we take? We already have a playoff team. I've never been here in all of my fandom. So now, uh, Dave, speaking of quarterbacks this year, obviously the top ten, we're looking at possibly at least four. Well, we have probably four quarterbacks. I'd be shocked if somebody like Kyle Trask would go, but hey, you never know. Um, yeah. Four quarterbacks. Um, and pretty much we're it's all but done. Trevor Lawrence to Jacksonville, Zach Wilson to the Jets. Um, but we were just talking a little bit earlier before you got on here about San Francisco and the debate yeah. between now Mac Jones, Trey Lance. If you were John Lynch, which route would you take? I would go Justin Fields. Like, I think Trey Lance is going to be – a really good player. Um, Mac Jones, I think he's accurate. You know, if, if you're trying to find the next Tom Brady, maybe you get super lucky. Probably not. Justin Fields is a better quarterback than I think probably both of those guys in the long term. I don't, I don't get why he's not being talked about there. Um, and we were talking with Dane. and I was like, could that be a smoke screen? He's like, no. I was like, shoot. <laughs> So who, who knows? Um, I think it'll, I think it'll probably be Trey Lance. And then I think Mac might fall and he, you know, he, he could end up with the Patriots, which would be like an ideal spot for them. And everyone will get nervous. Like, Oh God, it is going to be the next Brady. We're screwed. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, man, who knows? It's just weird not talking quarterbacks because usually I've been in thousands of mock drafts by this point. Right. researching all of these guys and I really know very little about all of them and I love it it's a good problem I mean it's good to not have to talk about them Justin you had a question go ahead oh so well you kind of asked what I was going to say about um, Mac Jones because like we were talking about this they said it was between Lance and Jones I don't even know like what do they even see with Mac Jones because like he's not he doesn't fit the new mold of NFL mobile quarterbacks he's not hugely accurate down the field. So like, what do they, what do they see with him? I think if you can get him the right playmakers, like if, if you put him in a system where you get the ball out super quick, he is really, really accurate when it comes to those short passes. So if you can get him around the playmakers, kind of like he had at Alabama, he, he could have success in the league. Definitely. Um, I don't know. It's it's going to have to be like a perfect fit for him to be like one of the best guys in this draft. Yeah. You know, and um, if there was one team that you think would make the biggest move trade up in the draft, which team do you think is most likely to do that? It it better not be the Steelers for a quarterback. (laughs) I want to see big Ben for another year, the wounded ducks. Um, (laughs) That's a good question. Speaking of Pittsburgh, by the way, I'd be yeah. I, me personally. I'm a little scared if they take Najee Harris, but because uh, they're looking running back possibly here, and I mean that's a big boy out there. We watch him all year. Yeah, that'll that'll get you to six and eleven. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I I would love to see the Browns trade up. I know that's not our mo. We haven't done it in a long time, but I don't know. I I think for some reason we're going to trade up. We've got too many draft picks. We've got too many good players on this team. Uh, there, there's not enough roster spots for nine picks. I, I think we're going to make some moves and I'm, I'm hoping we trade up for possibly one of those cornerbacks. If we see any of those guys fall. 
if you and if you had a choice of one of those top cornerbacks, which one would you go with? Probably Horn. I I think he's probably the best one. I don't I don't I don't see him falling all that much, and I don't see us trading up ten spots to go get him. But if if he does, I think that would be an ideal situation for us. Yeah, I mean, you look at you know Miami sitting there with their second first rounder at eighteen, maybe move up there. Miami trade falls back 26, give him, you know, a third and a sixth or something, you know, some kind of package and moving. And if he's sitting there, okay, we'll, we'll move up a few spots, grab him. And yeah, um, we actually had, I think in all of our mocks, we had certain out of Alabama going 10 to Dallas. Um, Cause just how bad their secondary has been. And, Love uh, that dude too. Yeah. Uh, Chad, yeah. you got anything, buddy? No, uh, just going off this conversation about trading up. Uh, I think, my my personal pick would be Patrick Sertain if we can move up and we're looking at corner. Another guy that I think would be a, a – I, I know these words don't really go together well, but a good risk, I guess, would be yeah. Caleb Farley out of Virginia Tech. I think he's got all the intangibles that you need. He's big, athletic. Um, in the secondary, I think he would be a great pick. Uh, I think I had him going – if I'm not mistaken, I'm more of a basketball guy. But I think I had him going 16 to Arizona. Um, I think okay. I think Arizona passing. I don't think they can pass up on that that athletic ability um, in a way where their secondary. I also think needs some help. So um, trading up those two guys, I think we we could target. And of course, J.C. Horn, who arguably is probably the best cornerback prospect. Yeah. So that kind of goes back to the the conversation earlier. Like, do you take the raw talent that could be something huge in the future when you know? You know, a good problem to have when we can't pay everyone because they're too good. You need a couple of rookie guys on rookie deals. Um, so, like, like just like him or Jason Owe, like, you, you don't know what he's going to be. Um, another guy, Aziz Ojalari, I like, I like him as well. I think he's kind of fallen in some in some mock drafts recently. I don't know why. Um, I, I, I think it's because a lot of people said he should go back to school, um, but. You know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be mad with him either. Justin, you got anything, buddy? Uh, so besides, I guess linebacker and then secondary is what you said. Um, further down the draft, is there something specific that you want the Browns to target? Because we're talking about like, okay, we might need a burner wide receiver to just take the top off a of defense, or yeah. I said maybe a utility lineman to be a backup in case one of these guys goes goes down. So. Is there something specific uh, later in the draft that you would want? Yeah, said said every NFL fan that wasn't a Chiefs fan after after the game. We need a burner. I think Odell can be that burner. Um, I, I wouldn't mind seeing some speedy five nine five ten guy out of a smaller school that just can burn absolutely everyone. I think that would be you know we we could find a spot for him on this roster. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in agreement there. And then looking I, you know, linebacker, we said earlier, they don't seem to value it all that much, but we don't have like an established core linebacking group that we're comfortable with right now. Like Mac Wilson, love him to death. He's a, he's a buddy. Hasn't played very well. And so he, he, he knows it. And you know, I, I think he could have a really big year. He's working his tail off. Uh, I really like Jacob Phillips. 
I think he's going to definitely get crack that starting rotation for, for the season. Um, you know, you got Taki Taki. I wouldn't mind getting some more competition in that linebacker room just because we, we got to get a couple of these guys to elevate. Right. I mean, they brought in Anthony Walker as well from the Colts. Yeah, yeah he's agency. good. Yep. You know, um, but yeah, I mean, you can never have enough linebackers. I just, you, you cannot, they can, uh, whether it's ed, edge rushing, defending tight ends, you, they just, it's always a luxury when you have a plethora of, of linebackers. Um, do either of you have anything else in the draft? Uh, no, but I'm thinking maybe Tutu Atwell, he's a wide receiver from Louisville. He might be your guy yeah, later yeah. in the draft. He's a, he's a real speedster. He's about yeah. five foot eight. Yep. Yep. Yeah. He's I've, I've seen him in a lot of mock drafts going to the Browns at some point. Hey, wouldn't complain. He or Rondale Moore would not complain. I watched Rondale Moore tear up Ohio state and yeah, that's hard to do. So, um, See, by the way, not to cut you off though, but nope, nope. your voice is fantastic. You sound like Kevin Harlan. Have you <laughs> oh. ever done any play by play? Well, I am. I go, I go to Bowling Green. And okay. I, I'm actually a broadcast journalism major. Yes, man. You got the voice for it. Right, thank you. Uh, I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, these two guys, Justin, he's a, a an engineering major and, and Chad uh, finance, correct? Am I saying that? Yeah. Well, close enough. Well, yeah. you're a little, what is it? What Chad, is you it? sound like me in college. Like <laughs> just find me a major, like yeah. senior year. I'm like, find me a major, get me out of here in four years. Yeah. Anything to get out. <laughs> love it love it now, now dave i'm uh, just curious as a fan of your show how i don't really know how long have you been doing this show uh so me and chris started it as a browns post game show just live so just a bunch of drunk browns fans calling into the show <laughs> oh we lost again uh which was super fun and so that was i don't know that, that was probably two and a half years ago so this show on Monday nights, um, yeah, about a year and a half, two years. Yeah. Are you doing a, any particular draft night special episode or anything like that? So we're, we're going to Saucy Brew Works, which if you're not familiar is in, in Cleveland, um, with an interviewing Denzel Ward there on Thursday night. So we're sending, sending Nick to do that. Um, and then I'm, I have like a golf league that I'm in on the west side of Cleveland. And then, so all of them are coming over to the, uh, the garage man cave afterwards to uh, have some, have some Labats and uh, wait for 26. Hey, that's awesome. Um, we're just all kind of stuck here in our college doors. We also go all to different universities. So that's why we're on zoom, unfortunately, yeah. not the greatest platform to do a podcast, but it's, Hey man, it's, we do ours on zoom. Chris isn't here. That's well, that's true. You guys have like that, uh, Looks we're very in, professional. We're in though. the studio. Yeah. yeah. Well, it looks very. I mean, compared to our sub, that's that's over the top. You know. Um, now let me ask you this. Uh, let, just quick transition here. Um, the Cavs this season have had their ups and downs. They've had their moments. You know, young guys stepping up here and there. Uh, do you? The Cavs most likely are going to end up with the top five pick again, probably at five, because other than. Kyrie Irving, we've had almost no luck recently with the with the lottery. Yeah. Um, what what position do you think maybe moving forward as we look into the draft in the years ahead? Do you think we need to address the most uh, on the Cavs team? So first, we need to get Kevin Love off the team. Did you see that video? Just <laughs> yes. just oh my God. happened. What the heck is he doing? 
Yeah, I just sent that to these two. I'm like, I don't know. He's his head's clearly not with it anymore. And then he pointed to the the, the person not on his team. He's like, hey, here's the ball. He's given <laughs> up. He Dan Gilbert needs to do something. He needs to be off the team. Thank you for the championship. Um, I I don't know. I like Jared Allen a lot. I I think Okoro. He's young, man. Like you don't want to give up on these guys too early. Love Darius Garland. Love Colin Sexton. So I mean, I I I want to say probably small forward and and let Okoro and you know uh, a draft prospect compete and make each other better. Because um, point guard center, I'm I'm kind of happy where we are. Yeah, it, it, uh, Chad here. He's he's our our NBA guy. If we need something a stat, a fact, whatever. He, he's our go-to guy. Um, we had many of discussions earlier on in the year about Andre Drummond. Uh, and I was actually a fan of him, but then Chad convinced me that he's worth only more than a, what was it? Chad, what'd you call Andre Drummond, his value? Uh, a light bulb and scoreboard and a bag of chips. Chips and a light bulb and scoreboard. Yeah, and he's still doing that with the Lakers. He stinks. Yeah, I, I, so, I was so day. wrong in that. You can't make a layup. But no, I was with you. I was like, you know, this guy's good. He's getting 15 rebounds. We got to keep him. And then Jared Allen comes around. I'm like, all right, we don't need you at all. Especially because what he has, what, $28 million on that player option. It was just so, so much money for a guy who's just not worth it. He's worth a quarter of that at best a season. But um, yeah, so uh, anything else you two? Anything no. at all? Hitting just real quick on the Cavs thing, I, I agree with you with the three position. Um, I personally would like – I know Okoro had a great game. We lost against Toronto tonight, but yeah, um, I would prefer Okoro to come off the bench. I think he could be a spark plug kind of guy to come off the bench, score, and defend. Um, our defense is lacking with Garland and Sexton being undersized at the one and two. Yeah. My dream guy would be Jonathan Kaminga at possibly six. Um, that kind of three that – He's kind of like a, I would I would say he's a raw scorer at the same time. Three point shy is suspect though. He can defend. He's got the size. Um, though I mean I'm fine with Larry Nance starting at the four, when healthy. Um, of course Jared, Jared Allen at the five. I say, I my firm belief is we're one to two pieces away from playoff contention. Um, and, I'm, and I'm one, with you there. Like, yeah, we've got a bunch of good players, and I I like JB. I think he's a good coach. It's just like sometimes it seems like the team quits on him, which is kind of strange. But yeah, I think I'm I'm with you. I think we we have almost all the pieces we need to be at least an eight seed. Yeah, and that the whole Kevin Love thing is just I don't know. I I I'd like the Cavs to buy him out, really. Um, yeah, and he could he can go to a legit contender because clearly he doesn't like playing in Cleveland. Though he does, surprisingly enough, does have value to these teams that are trying to make a push, especially for these middle of the pack Eastern conference teams that are one and two games away from each other from a four seed to a seven seed. Yeah. I mean, I love 2016 Kevin love locking down Steph Curry. I loved fat Kevin love. He was phenomenal. This Kevin love, not so much. He's worried more about his modeling career uh, and all these other things rather than playing basketball. I mean, it takes you two months to get over uh, what is you have a strained calf or something. Like, give me a break. Give me a break. So, um, 
you know what, Dave, you know, it's late at night. Uh, you guys come off your show. Uh, we just appreciate you looking at our message, really. I mean, we'll be yeah. honest with you. We're not a big time show, but uh, is that we appreciate a fire you. alarm going off? What is that in the background? I don't know what's going on, too. That might, I hear that, but that might be me. It's not a fire alarm, though. We do have fire alarms constantly because people don't know how to cook in the kitchen. I was like, Jack, <laughs> get out, run. Yes. Uh, but yes, Dave, we really do appreciate you coming. Uh, to sit down with us and talk a little bit about the draft. Um, we hope you uh, can enjoy the draft in your man cave. Uh, best of luck with that interview on Thursday with Denzel and uh, send our best messages to the rest of the, the crew. And uh, we'll see you down the line sometime. So, all right, man. Yeah. Keep up the great work. You guys are doing well. Um, and yeah, man, zoom. It, it's a great way to do it. Keep it up. Yes. Well, we appreciate it. So take care and, uh, Go Browns. All right, guys. Go Browns. Talk to you soon. Yep. Great conversation. Love that crew. Great. I mean, Chris was great. Now, Dave, we got to get Nick Padone on the show. I forgot to ask if any of us won the Brian Sipe jersey. I guess oh. I'll, I'll have to rewatch it. Damn it. All right. I think he would have told us. Probably. Yeah, he probably would have said it, <laughs> you know. But Oh, well. Um, but, yeah, it's okay, but it wasn't that that bad the fire alarm this is this is refrigerator bro yeah, i don't I, think I, it sounds like a fire alarm I, I, no, it's, I thought it was steve's because steve's BG well no you know steve's a, fire alarm the guy the guy in the intercom speaks and says fire fire well at bg yeah. there's just a bunch of noises there's people walking around with guns all <laughs> kinds of I, mean, I tell you what you know i hey i don't want to start bad mouthing bgsu because you know what bgsu is a great school i'll do it for you <laughs> justin i think I, it's I safe, just That's for my reputation my place for my reputation, how about you badmouth BG? I just did. Okay, well, uh, we've had some issues with people walking around with guns, but uh, that's getting, that's under control. I, I actually, we have, we have petitions for new laws and, and police reforms for that kind of business. So we'll be all right. Just been, a, it's been a wild year. Just chalk it up to the, the craziness of the pandemic. Not so. as wild as last year though. And I'm grateful for that. Though pretty, still pretty wild. So it's still pretty similar to last year. I'm ready for it to not be the same. I'm not talking about COVID-esque. I'm just talking about tragedies in general. 2021, though, is it's it's starting to pile up, the tragedies that have happened. Um, well, I mean, what happened in uh, Minneapolis again with uh, Dante Wright, and then um, we had the issue going on now with LeBron versus the police with the issue in Columbus. LeBron versus Donald Trump. Well, that's always been a thing. Um, yeah, we're just there. There's there's so many things going on right now that just it's 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 frustrating and it's it's disheartening because it's taken away a lot of great things that are uh, that make up America, you know, and it just gets it's it's a pimple on on America, you know. It, it's just things that take away from our actual beauty and what we really stand for. And I'm, I'm worried about our future in terms of just the political power and, and the, the lack of change and the lack of respect. But you know what we can do? We can just continue to produce episodes about talking about a bunch of stuff going on in Northeast Ohio, around the country. Um, and that's all we can do. You know? Besides that, though, I, I did want to send my heartfelt message to Terrence Clark um, and Terrence Clark's family and friends. Oh. Um, mm. 
definitely to BJ Boston, but the whole city of Boston in general. Uh, you guys lost a good one, in, in my opinion. Uh, a guy that signed with Clutch Sports about two days ago before the tragedy that did happen. Um, a projected, he had a bright future, and, and definitely a guy that could blossom in the league. So, um, yeah, rest in peace for sure. And there was no drug influence, nothing. There's nothing that people could dispute. It's just a, a tragedy. and it's it, It's a shame, but... We just gotta gotta do our best to, to move on and, and and you know respect the names and just try to do what we can. So um, it's kind of a sad way to end this episode, if I'm being honest. Uh, but no, it's not. It's honest. Thing. We're honest people. Well, here's the thing: when I look at it, understanding his you know his passing was definitely 100% sad, and I was sad when I heard about it. Um, being a Kentucky guy. Only playing nine games last year, but the nine games that he did play, you can tell his enthusiasm for the game is unmatched. Um, but we should start looking at, I mean, I'm looking at this passing, just like I looked at Kobe's passing in a way of not really being sad of the of how he left, but being grateful and happy for all the things that he accomplished. Um, Terrence Clark, I didn't know the guy, of course, but um, friends – of mine did know him and just the, the stories that they've, they've told on Twitter and Instagram and, and all the stories that say that, you know, he was such a good, good person. You know, he was the first guy to greet you in the door when a workout happened, always smiling, love for the game. Those are the kind of things that we should remember him by and not remember him by what happened and, and how he passed. So yes, it is sad, but at the same way, it should definitely be looked at as, a celebration of everything else that happened, you know, before, before his passing and, and all the accomplishments that he, that he um, made. So. Amen to that. So, well, any last words, any last messages, Justin, anything at all? Well, I had something on a lighter note that I was going to say, but it would wreck the mood right now. So. Hey, well, let's end on a good note. Come on. A quick shout out real quick. Uh, to my cousin Craig, who bowled a 300 game last night. Whoa! Which is, I mean, I don't know how common that is, but it, it sounds incredible. So okay, Craig, I, I see I you. I can't even break 150. So yeah, hey. like I'm terrible at bowling. Next <laughs> up, next up, Kenny. Kenny got to hit a 300. They're oh, on a Kenny? team together. They're in a oh, league. Kenny? They have uh, been for years. With the bumpers up or no? No. <laughs> okay, I was, I was gonna say I could roll a 300 with the bumpers up, but you know. No, actually, I watched you. You threw it. You hit. You threw it so hard it went over the bumper into someone else's lane. Steve, you can't hit a three hundred with, with one no, with. I probably can't. Like, I don't even know. I ain't you the couldn't. guy though that uses the six pound ball and just whips it down the lane. I don't take like a twelve pounder. I have no room to talk. I'm terrible at bowling. So a three hundred score. That's per. That's literally perfect. So yeah, that's impressive. Who do you no. think you are? I am. Exactly. <laughs> that guy didn't even hit a perfect score. No. Just won the tournament or something with like Pete a 290. Webber. Yeah. He retired too. So good for him. Uh, any other shout outs? Anything? Last words? Chad, anything else, buddy? Shout out. I'm gonna keep saying his name because this is how much I love him. If 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 I was if it was possible, this this will be on the I'm warning you guys now, this would be on the sus calculator. If I had a moment if I had the opportunity the opportunity to 
I would marry Eric Collins. <laughs> okay. That's out there right now. I don't care. All right. Hey. Love don't judge. You do you. What, why did you do that? Why you, do you, do you? You, you do you. You do you, Jeff. All right. All right. Um, anyway, um, I want to shout out uh, Dave, Big Play Dave. Follow him on Twitter. Listen to the Big Play Revlog show every Monday night, 9 to 10 p.m. Uh, great show. Great career alongside Chris McNeil uh, and Nick Padone and, and the rest of the crew out there. Um, give him a listen. Great show all, every week. Uh, we appreciate him coming on our show tonight. Uh, we'll have the episode up uh, tomorrow which will be today, really, if I'm speaking in the future tense, or whatever. I said that wrong. Anyway, disregard what I just said. Anyway, um, looking forward to the NFL draft this week. We'll be at First Energy Stadium on Friday from 4 to 7, uh, kicking field goals, taking pictures, and uh, doing vlogs, which adds camera if he can get it inside the stadium, past security. Uh, if I need to, I'll wear a jacket. That way I can just look fat and just say, oh, no, can't judge, you know. Anyway, and um, – I'm sorry for using uh, dropping an F-bomb earlier. That slipped out. I did not mean to say that. Um, and uh, we're looking forward to the next time we meet each other. So for Justin, for Chad and his brand new haircut, and for myself, Steve, this has been episode 32 of Around the Wire. We're going to leave you now with some independent music to wrap up your this episode. Please give us a listen. Follow us on Twitter. And listen to our previous episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and other podcast platforms. We'll see you all next time. Here is some independent music to leave you on this beautiful night in April of 2021. <laughs>